Today we are talking about hospital expectations. We're going to go through a hospital play-by-play. So join us as we go through how it will be when you go to get to the hospital, what will happen, and just give you a little bit of insight into what that will feel like. Welcome to Doula Dang Thing, where we talk about real-life topics about birth and parenting. I'm Ashley. I'm a certified doula, postpartum doula, breastfeeding counselor, and childbirth educator. And I'm Natasha, and I know nothing, and I am childless. (laughs) (laughs) But I might have one in the future. Um, We are sisters, and as I think about my family and how I want to build it, I'm asking Ashley all the questions that I have that you might have too. And I am talking about all of it because I'm obsessed with birth and all things birth. So it was a good match. <laughs> match literally made in heaven because we're related. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's cute. This week we're going to talk about hospital expectations. So if you're giving birth in a hospital, what you should expect. Natasha's going to ask all her juicy questions that she has. Been saving them up for the day. <laughs> and we're just going to get into, we're going to dig right into what it's like to give birth at a hospital. So let's just jump right in. Natasha, what questions do you have about giving birth in a hospital? What are your expectations, I should say? Um, I honestly know nothing about giving birth in a hospital. Like, I feel like just talking to you, I understand like, some of the stuff around like what's happening to your body and that kind of stuff. But cause that's what scared me the most. So that's kind of what I asked first. Mm. But in terms of hospital, honestly, all I know is like you bring your hospital bag, what's in there, who knows? <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> okay. Well, wow. We got to work it out for us today. So I think first question is actually maybe it's taking it a little bit earlier than the day of birth like how do you pick your hospital is the doctor you pick the hospital you go to like how does that work so typically you'll pick your doctor and then your doctor your doctor will be able to work at a certain hospital so if you want a certain hospital and you're sure you want a certain hospital you can call them and say hey what doctors have rights to work here at this hospital or you can go through and just use your OBGYN that you're already used for like um, your pelvic exams and things like that if you really like them and you trust them and then just go to whatever hospital if I choose a hospital that I like is the list long like how many doctors will work at a certain hospital quite a bit okay well it depends on your location also like if you're in a city compared to a rural, rural area that makes a big difference obviously because there's less of a doctor pool but um is that what you mean yeah like, and also like is it What's more important, like, would it, should I put hospital first or like, if I don't have a gynecologist that I love? That's a great question. Find a doctor that you like. Okay. Or if you decide to use a midwife, find a midwife that you like. How do you go about doing that? (laughs) (laughs) Just meeting with them. Okay. So once you're, you can even do it sometimes, um, they'll meet with you before you're ready to have a baby and be just say, Hey, I'm wondering, you know, I'm thinking of having a baby. I would like to meet with you to see if we'd be a good fit. And you can do that, or you can wait till you're pregnant and, you know, go see them for your prenatal checkups and see how you feel. It's never too late to change doctors, and it's never too early to find a doctor either. Okay. And is that process, 
if you have a partner, something that you bring your partner to also, or is that just whoever you like? Like, is there any situation where it would be good for them to have a relationship with them? I mean, it's great if they can come. With COVID, I know a lot of doctor's offices don't allow that anymore. Um, So hopefully that will change in the future so where your partners can come with you again. Or, you know, your birthing companion, whoever's going to be there when you give birth, can come also uh, if you don't have a partner. Um, So, yes, it's nice that they come, but it's more important that you feel comfortable with them, honestly, because, I mean, you're the one who has to go through the birth Mm -hmm. like they're gonna your partner is gonna be there with you and it's a big big day for them also but ultimately it's your body and you're the one who has to go through it yeah do you have any like questions that I should ask or like any recommended like what is the what does that meeting look like where I'm just like going in and being like hey are we gonna be friends (laughs) hey guys (laughs) am I gonna feel comfortable with you in my vagina So that's the main thing. When you show up, what is their wait time like? Because whatever the wait time is like, that's going to be your typical wait time usually. So pay attention to that. Um, Is their staff nice? Do you like their staff? Do you feel comfortable with them? How does the nurse talk to you? How does the nurse treat you? When you're in the room with them, what's their demeanor like? Do they make you feel comfortable? Do they make you feel stressed? You know, all of those things are very important because on the day where you give birth, if they're there and they stress you out, that's not going to be good for your birthing experience, right? Mm -hmm. So you want somebody that, first of all, makes you feel nice. So walk in, see how you feel. Then when you're in the appointment, ask questions, lots and lots of questions, and and pay attention to how they answer you. If they start getting frustrated, that's a red flag. You don't want a doctor that's getting frustrated with your questions. And you don't want a doctor that makes you feel dumb for asking questions. And you want a doctor that gives you honest answers. So let's say you ask, I'm really, uh, I really want to try to go for an unmedicated birth without an epidural. If they say, why would you want to do that? Red flag. If you say, I really want an epidural right away. You know, how do you feel about that? If they say that's a terrible idea, red flag. They should be willing to support your choices and your decisions in your birth. How, yes, but how do you balance as the person who's not the expert what you want and what is being told to you by a doctor who is trained in knowing? Like you're hiring them to tell you what to do. Great question. So I'm going to say something that you might think sounds totally crazy, (laughs) but birth is similar to peeing and pooping. I'm going to be so good at it. I just peed right before this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) So it feels slightly different, but your body does it by itself, essentially. And the only time you need help is if there's a problem. So you don't have somebody with you in the bathroom telling you how to poop and pee. You do what your body feels like it needs to do. And you kind of intuitively move, do certain things to go to the bathroom. Yes, you had to learn how to. You had to get potty trained. You had to, you know, have somebody teach you how to use the toilet. But once you're in the bathroom, 
Like if, if somebody went into the bathroom with you and said, um, no, don't sit that way. Sit this way. I want you to poop with your foot up in the air. And like, you'd be like, get out of here. I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't let somebody tell you how to, how to poop. That's crazy. Birth is the same thing. You only need somebody if there's a problem. So you should have the ability to make choices with what feels right to you as long as it's not an emergency. So if a problem comes up, if an emergency comes up, then that's when the doctor steps in and takes over. Okay. They're kind of like your insurance policy, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. I need you here just in case something goes wrong. But other than that, like you're laboring, people in comas have babies, like babies will come out. You can't hold in a baby. Now, sometimes they can get stuck or, you know, different things happen, but that's what the doctor's for, not for giving birth. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's an interesting perspective because like, they're <laughs> not like, not an interesting perspective because it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's like you, I've never been like, yeah, they're just there in case something goes wrong kind of thing. Yeah, your body mm-hmm. will do it. You need them if something goes wrong. Okay. So what if I am going to the doctor and I don't really have my birth plan yet? Does that change kind of how I approach the conversation when I'm looking for a doctor? I mean, it definitely can, but I don't think it needs to because your main goal at this point, like in your, your beginning stages of finding your doctor and meeting them and deciding if you want them to be your doctor when you give birth is just to see how they answer questions in general. It doesn't have to be specific questions. Um, It's more of just seeing how they respect your choices, how they respect you as a a person, essentially. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. if they if you ask a question and they're kind of annoyed or they, you know, make you feel dumb, we don't want that. Yeah. So it's more of just seeing how they respond to you as a human being, essentially. Mm -hmm. Is there a good way that you recommend, like, how do I know, I mean, like, every, like, just because you're a doctor doesn't mean you're, like, great at your job, right? Like, everyone could be good or bad at a job. So, like, how do I kind of feel out if I'm like, wow, this person knows what they're talking about or this person's super smart? I think it's just so important to be educated about giving birth. It's so important. And, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, I don't need to know. I'm just going to, like, do whatever the doctor says. But like you said, sometimes doctors don't do the best job. And unfortunately, that's true. There are a lot of doctors that are amazing and they work so hard. And it's, it's a t- really tough job. Um, but you need to know what is expected of them. So that way they can give you the best quality care possible, right? So if you go into a birth and you don't know anything and they're just, you're just like laying there, letting them do whatever they want. Well, what if they make a weird choice and the consequences are something that you don't want for your body? Mm-hmm. So get educated about what to expect, how to handle pain, um, what medications they're, they're going to give you, what the side effects are to make sure it's something that you want for yourself, for your body and for your baby's body. I have the course Bump Up Birth. You can take that one. You can take a different one. It doesn't matter to me as long as everybody's learning about birth and the effects of birth and how to handle it and how to go through it. I think that's just so important. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is like, it's good to kind of think like, what is the experience you want versus 
me going and knowing nothing and then I get the experience that they provide me it's such a huge part of your life and I know you often say like it's not always going to go as planned or whatever Mm -hmm. but I mean even just being able to know what the options are and what I choose like I'm like oh that sounds nice like reading a menu versus going to a restaurant and be like whatever I guess I'll eat this like yes exactly it does make a lot of sense to kind of like at least know what your options are even if it's kind of like yeah like what do you recommend like I'd still want to see a menu (laughs) yeah and there's there are studies that they've done actually that prove that when you have choices when you it doesn't matter how the birth went down what drama ensued like what problems happened if if the person giving birth was able to make choices about their care they had an increased view of how the birth went like a higher satisfaction yes exactly so like so if you have choices and you can decide what you want for yourself you will look back on your birthing experience feeling happier than if you didn't cool yeah all right you guys bump up birth (laughs) shout out (laughs) (laughs) um going back a teeny bit you were talking about like when you go in like however the nurses are the nurses that are in the doctor's office the same nurses that will be in the hospital room good question no they're different so the nurses work at the doctor's office and then the nurses work at the hospital so you'll get the nurse whoever is just on on shift that time is there any way to, like, those I seem like, those are the nurses that I would care about most, right? Like, right. Is there any way to, like, meet those nurses? <laughs> Just walk well, the halls? <laughs> well, they do have hospital tours. You can go okay. on hospital tours. You won't be able to meet all the nurses, obviously, because yeah, they're, they they're on shifts. But um, you can go through the hospital tour. I know because of COVID, a lot of hospitals aren't doing that anymore, but they're still doing them virtually. Okay. So I definitely recommend doing the hospital tour. And um, making sure you feel comfortable ahead of time, knowing what it's going to look like, you know, where you're supposed to go, how do you get into the hospital, what entrance do you use, like all of those things. They'll go over all of that with oh my you. God, there's a lot. <laughs> I know it's a lot. That's why <laughs> I didn't even think like, how do I get in? Yeah. So, but going through the hospital tour is easy, and it, it doesn't mm-hmm. take that long, and then you'll have all of the information. Okay. And is a doctor only at one hospital or will they potentially work at multiple hospitals? That depends. Okay. Yeah. And then what does the day look like? So like, oh, I'm in labor. I waited <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm so cute. And this feels great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so I get to the hospital. What is the interaction time? Like what, I don't know, maybe just kind of describe a typical process. Is okay. that a sure. thing that can happen? Okay. So, Typically, you will go to the hospital, they will put you in triage, which is where they're going to um, hook you up to a monitor, make sure you're actually in labor. Um, If you want them to check how dilated you are, they will. Again, that is a choice. You don't have to let them check to see how dilated you are, if it makes you uncomfortable. Um, What's the benefit of that? Like, why would I choose not to? So let's say you have some sexual trauma. Birth usually brings up a lot of those issues. And having somebody do that makes you feel anxiety or stress or you just don't want it to happen. You can say no. Or let's say 
you will feel more anxious by knowing than not knowing, or you'll feel disappointed if you're not as far along as you thought you were. Those are different reasons. Mm -hmm. If your water is broken, having um, them check you, you know, they stick their fingers up there. So they introduce bacteria into the vagina. When your water breaks, you're more susceptible to infection. So that might be a reason, but you can always say no. Okay. What is the benefit to knowing? Um, It just gives them a baseline of like where you're at, how much longer maybe you have to go, even though you never really know that. Mm -hmm. It's like so random. (laughs) But um, it just gives them a baseline. Okay, when you came in, you were this dilated and then you waited so many hours and now you're this dilated. And it just gives them an idea of how the labor is progressing. And it also gives them a way to just check and make sure like there's nothing funky going on in there, like, you know, a foot hanging down or something like that or the umbilical cord just makes them, um, just helps them to make sure that everything is normal so far. You can also have them check you, but not tell you. If you just don't want to know, you just want to like be in your, your labor vibes. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that. Yeah, Cause I'm going to be so calm and relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be, Maybe you can be, you don't have to be screaming. Birth can be a calm experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm in triage. You're in triage. I make my decision. You can check me. (laughs) Okay, so they check you. They say, okay, you're such and such centimeters dilated. And, you know, they're checking to see where the, how high the baby is, how low the baby is, like what's happening, right? So if you're very dilated and you're like about to have the baby, they're going to rush you into a room and it's all going to happen really quickly. That doesn't usually happen, especially on your first baby. So you're going to go, they're going to monitor you, the nurse is going to leave the room, and they're going to be working and doing other stuff, and then you're going to be in there waiting and waiting, and sometimes it takes hours to get into your room, so just have that in mind. What does the triage room look like? That depends based on the hospital. Sometimes they're an actual room, other times it's just like a curtain, like separating, you know, everybody. Mm -hmm. So that depends. And then, so just, you know, be ready for that. You might be in triage for a long time. Triage means you don't have an epidural. Triage means you don't have any medications going through your system. So you have to be ready for contractions, feeling them, right? You have to prepare Mm -hmm. your body for how to deal with it, um, how to make them a little less intense, because you can do that by relaxing, keeping calm. And <laughs> you're looking at me like, oh, yeah, you can't see on the podcast, but I'm like, oh. just kidding. No, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's going to be great. I'll be there. and It's going to be so fun. OK, so you're in there for a long time. Then they get you to a room. And depending on like the nurse you have, they might be kind of rough and like, you know, moving you around and like you're going to be having contractions and you're going to be feeling like uh excuse me (laughs) and you could even say that be like um can you please be a little more gentle sometimes they're great most of the time they're great but sometimes you might have one that's like tired and just like (laughs) moving around (laughs) your shifts are too long yeah so then you get into your room and then likely they'll monitor you again and they'll take some blood and make sure you know your blood type they might do Um, some swab tests, things like that. And when you get into your birthing room, they're going to want to put an IV in your arm. You don't have to have it hooked up to anything if you don't want. 
Um, but most hospitals require you to put in the port at least. So they'll put the IV in your in your arm. I recommend the forearm. It's easier for birthing positions. And then um, it won't be hooked up to anything unless, you know, you decide you need that or want that. And it'll be there just in case. Okay. And you can still, if they have a birthing tub at the hospital or, you know, get in the shower, you can still do those things with an IV. Just cover it. They have these little plastic stickers. And you just cover that up so it keeps nice and dry. And that's it. Easy peasy. Piece of cake. <laughs> Birth is so easy, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what? You think it's hard? <laughs> Just kidding, it is. <laughs> and then for OB nurses, is it the nurses you have will be there for your whole... No, right? Like no, they work still in shifts. Their shifts? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but your doctor work... will be the same? Your doctor will be the same okay. most of the time. Okay. Now, sometimes your doctor will be out of town or not working that night or, you know, not on call or whatever, and they'll have another doctor there for you. So you won't always know what doctor you're getting. It sometimes is a surprise. If I get a doctor that's not my choice and I freaking hate them, is that that's my doctor? Um, So it depends. So if you're in a place that has a lot of doctors working, then you might be able to change. But it's never too late. As long as there's another doctor available. Okay. Like, you can be like, no, no, give me somebody mm-hmm. else, <laughs> right? So you can always have, you always have that option. So the nurse you have, their shifts are about 12 hours. So they'll be with you for 10 to 12 hours. Um, then somebody else will come in. They'll, they usually introduce the new nurse and say, hey, I'm leaving. This is your new nurse. And then they'll be on for 12 hours. And hopefully by then you'll have the baby, but sometimes not. Sometimes it takes a long, 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 long time. Mine's only going to take three hours. Oh, no, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Expectations, well, right? Well, you don't no, want just it kidding. to be too fast either. Like, it's nice to have, like, some time to, like, build up to it, but mm-hmm. you get what you get. Like, yeah. they have no idea how long your labor is going to last. Even if you're nine centimeters dilated when you get there, like, it can still take hours. You just don't know. Or even if you're two centimeters, it could take one hour. Like, you just, yeah. it's just so random. So hopefully you'll be done by, by two nurse shifts, but, but that's, you know, nobody knows. So then the nurse will stay. They won't stay in the room with you all the time, but they will be the one that you see most often. So they'll be in there for checks. So they check you every, they should be checking your blood pressure and your temperature and all that stuff every few hours. So they'll come in the room, they'll kind of monitor you, see how you're doing, make sure everything's okay. Um, If they're not checking you, maybe say something to somebody because they need to be making sure that you're doing well, right? They need to Mm -hmm. check your blood pressure and make sure you're not getting a a temperature because that um, means you might have an infection, which can be dangerous for babies. So, and then just monitoring your, your heart and, and all that stuff. So they'll come in every bit, every few hours to do that. Some nurses will stay for a while with you, depending on what's going on with your situation, or if you seem like you need a little extra support, um, they'll stay in the room with you. But, I mean, they have other patients most of the time. They're usually pretty busy. And most of the time during your birth, it's going to be you and your birthing companion. And a doula if you have one. Cool. What's the relationship look like between the doula and the doctor is that do you guys like meet before is it you get introduced when you get there 
You don't have to meet them beforehand. Okay. You just be there. You can let your doctor know I'll be having a doula. Or you can um, talk to your doula and see if they're willing to come to a prenatal appointment with you if that's allowed. Um, Because of COVID, like, they don't sometimes let people in with you. Usually doulas are allowed in hospitals, even through COVID. Like, if you were a certified doula, you could go in. Okay. And then the doctor, you don't see them that much. It's just you and, and the doula and the nurse. And if you have a birthing companion, they'll be there too. And you guys will be laboring and the doctor will come in periodically and check on you and make sure things are okay. Or they'll call even. Sometimes they don't come in. They just call. Um, And then you see them when you push your baby out. You don't see your doctor all that much, really. Wow. (laughs) All that work I did to find that. (laughs) I know. But they're making the the decisions with the nurses about your care. So you want to make sure that they respect you and that. You're both on the same page. So when when I'm finding a doctor, it's less of like, oh, this is someone I want to hang out with for the 24 hours. It's more of like I respect their decision-making process and how they yes. respect mine. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Is there like, like how many, like what's the typical amount of patients a nurse has? And do I have one nurse? Because like there's, or is there multiple people coming in the room and I have like my main girl? Or boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you'll have the one, unless they're, like, training somebody. Then you'll have a couple. But it's usually just the one. And then when you get closer to giving birth, there's going to be a couple other people coming in, like a a baby nurse, um, maybe even, like, a pediatric nurse, like a pediatric um, nurse practitioner or something like that. So when you get towards the end, then more people will start to come in. Okay. And when you start um, to get to start, like, pushing – they might have like a couple extra nurses come in just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that before too. So what is the like most amount of people I would expect in the room? If While everything like, potentially is potentially pooping my pants. <laughs> <laughs> if everything's okay, mm-hmm. um, I would say probably like at the most five. Okay. Five Not or, including five or me six. And my partner. Right. Okay. Yeah, hospital staff. Mm-hmm. If something's happening, like an emergency of some sort, then they they might call in uh, more people to help. Okay, so I'm like, oh, I pushed three times. It's super easy. My baby comes <laughs> yeah, totally. out. Yeah, baby just flies out. <laughs> no poop. No pain. Obviously, that's the thing that creeps me out the most for some reason. Um. <laughs> I know. Everybody's always so worried about poop. Nobody says anything. Like, even if... Even if they were, like, really freaked out about it, when you're in the moment pushing, like, nobody cares. Yeah. Also, it's, like, nurses, they deal with poop all the time. They don't Constant care. Constant poop. <laughs> it's just, like, poop all day long. They don't care at all. It's so funny. And it's so funny because everybody's always so worried about it, especially me also. Um, <laughs> but, like, you also say birth is, like, pooping. <laughs> It's a real it's like poop trend. Bo- bodily functions, you know? It's like all connected. Okay, so I have my baby, mm-hmm. and then what? So this really depends on your choices and also the hospital's policies. So after you push out your baby, they will either take the baby away and check him out, do some little tests. Um, some they have They put an ointment on their eyes. Um, All of that stuff you can deny, like all of the medication stuff that they give your baby after birth. They'll do a vitamin K shot. They'll do um, a vaccine and they'll do eye ointment. So 
You can deny any of that stuff if you don't feel comfortable with it or you don't want it. Um, Is there any reason that you would be uncomfortable with any of those? It's just like a personal preference. A lot of people don't like the eye goop because it makes it harder for baby to see. And it's uh, more for like if you have any like STIs while giving birth, it protects them from blindness. So would you say if I know I don't have any STIs, I wouldn't need the eye ointment? Or are there other benefits that it's like, just do it, it's not a big deal? You knowing me, I guess. I don't know. This is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's personal preference. If you feel comfortable foregoing that antibacterial ointment, then don't put it on. But if you feel like I really just want it or I just really don't care, then you can have them put it on. There's, it's, you know, whatever you want to do. And then, but that is kind of like the old way of doing things to just like take the baby right away and, and do all that stuff. The newer way and the more beneficial way, especially if you decide you want to breastfeed or if you want to just try breastfeeding and see how it goes, is to do what's called the golden hour. So they'll take the baby and they'll put the baby straight on your chest so you'll have you know no top on and they'll do skin to skin right away. There are a lot of benefits for doing this and it's really cool how it all kind of like works together to, to benefit both of you. So when they put the baby on the chest, Skin to skin is super important for babies. It helps regulate their heartbeat, regulate digestion, relieve stress, like all the good stuff skin to skin will do. So when they first come out, they are, you know, feeling comforted by your skin. They smell your colostrum, which is the first milk that you produce. It's like a yellow sticky kind of substance that comes out. And in skincare. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have been using it in skincare because huh? it's really healthy. It's really, really good for you, um, for the baby. It um, helps boost their immune system and all that good stuff. So it tastes just like your amniotic fluid smelled and tasted to the baby. So they can smell and taste that right away. So it kind of feels comforting in that that aspect also because they're like, oh, okay, that I seems familiar. This. Yeah, cute. it's so oh, cute. Babies. So then they'll actually do a little crawl and they'll crawl and use their little baby hands <laughs> to um, to get to your breast to start feeding right away. Cute. And sometimes it takes, you know, like up to, you know, an hour for them to find it, but they will find it. The hands patting your breasts help to increase your milk supply. Their legs kicking on your belly help to um, decrease bleeding. It's really an awesome very thing. Cool. It's very cool. <laughs> I love it. So um, the golden hour. So you can say that in your birth preference sheet. Say, I want baby straight skin to skin right after birth. If a parent did have an STI and that eye cream was important, but so is golden hour. Is that something that can be done whilst on Yes. Okay. Yeah. They can do their checks and they will do their checks. So, you know, they'll make sure baby's breathing okay, make sure, you know, they look good, they have good coloring. They'll take what's called an APGAR score. So that's like their alertness. There's like five categories, the color, their alertness, like things Mm -hmm. like that. Did they cry? I know what that is because Greg's mom is very proud. It's a 10. (laughs) Wow, he is so cool. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything about your baby. If you have, if your baby has a low APGAR score, it doesn't mean like anything about them. It's just for them to get a baseline, like you know, golden hour. I checked golden hour on my form, which is another thing. Like, what's on this form? Okay, so great question. So, 
Um, you've probably heard of having a birth plan. That's mm-hmm. like a very popular term. I don't use that term because you can't have a plan. Like birth is very unpredictable. Things pop up, things change. You're going to have to roll with the punches. But I do suggest having a birth preference plan. So what that means is you're like, I would really like for this to happen, but if not, that's okay. And that's how we're going to approach all of our choices for birth. So keeping it very simple, um, very short and concise gives you a better chance of having them actually follow it. Because they're busy, right? They're working, they're, they have other patients, they're all over the place. Um, having it written out in just a sheet, I have um, on supportedseason.com, you can download your free planner pack, and in there is something to help you figure out what you even want, first of all, and gives you a place to write down what you want also in a simple way. Okay. If, so I'm just thinking, so if somebody has like a surrogate or they're adopting a baby who they know the birth mother giving birth, mm-hmm. is the golden hour something that is beneficial for the new, the adoptive mom or the surrogate, like the, act, I don't know, what's the term for surrogate, the mom, but. Is it- yeah, any, any skin to skin with any person will help the baby. Okay. Obviously they won't have like the breastfeeding cues mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but, but yes, any skin to skin helps the baby. Okay. And the, and does that kind of, is there like a bonding thing that will help for. Like it does help. Yeah, it do. does help bonding for both sides. Okay. It helps the person holding the baby bond and it also helps the baby bond to the person holding them. Okay. So golden hour birth plan. So the birth plan is a, a sheet that the mom brings. It's not the hospital checkboxing. Right. Nope. Okay. That's, that's the, and you don't have to have one. It's not a yeah. requirement, but if you have cer- certain things that are important to you that you really want to do, then have your birth preference sheet. Um, bring it with you to the hospital give it to your nurse as soon as you get there they'll like put it up somewhere so that way everybody can see it you can even have another copy put it on the outside of the door so anybody coming in the room knows this is what we want so if you want your room to be really quiet and you want the lights dim Mm -hmm. say this is my writer (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what it is exactly you're a celebrity so you can post that on the outside of the door, like, don't come in all loud, flip the lights on, like, that's not what we're about in here. Mm-hmm. And just to give every, not, there's no guarantee they're going to follow it, but, like, that gives everybody, like, a heads up. Mm-hmm. I do kind of like how you keep saying, like, they're not going to follow it. Like, it is a very important time. Like, it's, like, a huge, like, you've been waiting for this for essentially 10 months, right? right? Or more, because you've been, like, wanting and trying to have a right. baby. But it's, like you're still in somebody else's space kind of. Yes. And I think that's the first, this is the first time I ever really thought about it like that. Like you're not in somebody else's home, but like, yeah, that's a good way to think of it. They have a job to do and Mm -hmm. you have to work together. You're a team now, you know, it's not just your experience. Everybody in that room will have that, that experience with you and you have to work together. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, if you're, if you're yelling at everybody and being rude to everyone because you want it a specific way. This is my day. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, it's you're, you're not going to get out of it what you want if that's how you're treating people. Mm-hmm. So they're there for you. They want the same outcome as you. They want you to be healthy. They want your baby to be healthy. They want everybody to be safe. They have certain things they have to do. Hospital policy. 
Um, so they're thinking about all of that stuff as well as trying to give you the experience you want mm -hmm. because they want you to have the experience you want and they're working hard to give you that, but they also have things that they have to do. Mm -hmm. Is there, do you know the hospital policy? Is that something that you get like in the hospital tour? It's kind of like just to know, have set those expectations. They tell you some policies. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like a lot of times they'll have a filming policy, say, or like a picture policy, and you won't be allowed to film it, but you can take pictures or like they'll have like some sort of variation there. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you all of the things that they feel you need to know. But they also have policies for their staff mm -hmm. that they're not telling you all the rules. You know, it's like yeah. they don't go through all their <laughs> all their rules that take forever. Mm -hmm. So. Um, so, yeah, there are things that you don't know that the nurses have to think about. OK. Oh, my gosh. I'm a baby. Are <laughs> <laughs> you feeling overwhelmed? I'm not feeling, I mean, I guess, yes, I'm not feeling overwhelmed because I'm not even pregnant, but it's just like, I think knowing you and your work and like, you guys, like, just heads up, not heads up, but like, Ashley does a lot of volunteer dueling as well. So people are going into birth without a doula and without that education potentially. And like, I just can't imagine having such, I'm like, I don't know why I'm crying, but Aww. like having such a big experience without the knowledge that like yeah. you can provide and that you provide people with every day is like, oh my it's really hard. Aww. It's a huge day. And like, it's just sad that our society doesn't. Yeah support that education more it really is Aww, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why i'm crying maybe i am okay. <laughs> Aww. Uh, <laughs> but yeah it's just like i don't know that's why i started doing this yeah. because i was seeing especially with my volunteer work like and just so you know, like, if you can't afford a birth course, like, let me know and <laughs> I'll figure out a way to get it to you. Because when you go into a situation where somebody's giving birth and they're in a lot of pain, they're scared, their body is just like tense, they're anxious, they don't know what's happening, they don't know what's to come, and they don't know how to make it any better. And just seeing that and knowing that if they would have only taken a birth course and got educated and like studied birth, that they wouldn't be experiencing those issues, like breaks my heart. And so I obviously like I'm passionate about birth and education, but like that's why I'm doing this because it makes all the difference in the world when you know what is happening to your body when you're going through all of that mm -hmm. it's like the most intense feelings that you will probably ever feel emotionally physically spiritually all of them together at one time and imagine going into that like having no idea what's going on that's Terrifying. really scary yeah but once you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I know this is going to hurt. I know it's going to maybe hurt even more, but then I'll be done. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you, you can talk to yourself through it a lot easier. Like, okay, this feels like this because of this, or, you know, you can, you can kind of talk yourself down off that ledge of like, it's too much. You know? yeah. it's like, it just makes it so much easier. Without a birth course or a doula or both, what is the level of education parents are getting? just going to their doctor's appointments like what is it 
typical doctor's appointment look like and how long are they? And I mean, I know it differs, but typically. Your doctor is not going to teach you how to give birth. You think about how long even a long doctor's appointment is. What is it? A long doctor's appointment is 15 minutes, maybe? Really? Yeah. Wow. Not long. Not long. Now you'll have your ultrasound, and that takes a little longer. But your time that you're sitting there with your doctor, being able to ask questions and get answers and, you know, get that support that you need in order to handle this this situation is so small. And it's not the doctor's fault because they're there to do a certain job and they're doing it and they have a lot of patients. You're not their only patient. And their job is not to educate you. Remember, their job is to help you when there's a problem. So you're not getting a good education by going to the doctor. It's very small. Yeah. And you can do like the free hospital education courses and stuff like that. But... <laughs> Whoa, burn. <laughs> burn on hospital courses. They just don't tell you everything you need to know. And they're usually like two hours long. And that might, might sound like a lot, but like there's a lot to learn yeah. about birth and the whole process. So... um. They usually don't talk about too much about comfort measures, like how to deal with the pain of labor. They're more interested in telling you about how to be a good patient when they, when you take that free course, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you're going to come to the hospital, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you this, and then you're going to have a baby and get out. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense because that's what the medical field is about. Like, right. we have medicine if you hurt, we yeah. have surgery if you need it, and like, get in, get out, efficiency. Right. And they're, they're a a business, you know, so that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's not their job to teach you. Mm -hmm. Interesting. There's things that are like so basic that like you never really think about because it's like, well, your doctor knows. And it's like, it's not their job. Their job is to get you in and out. Yeah. How many births does like a typical doctor do a day? Like how many, are they also at diff- doing different births? Yes, they can be doing different births at the same time too. What happens if there's one doctor and both people are going into labor at the same time? So going into labor or at sorry, the same yeah, time, like or you mean having, like pushing? Yeah, pushing. So if they're pushing it, so you're, you'll push most likely without your doctor for a while. Okay. So the nurse will be there. You don't push like all alone. The nurse will be there. They'll be checking your progress. If you're going fast, they'll call the doctor in right away. But if it's kind of slow going, which is normal for your first birth, you don't know how to push because there's different ways, you know, there's different parts of your body you can push with and stuff like that. So they'll wait a while until you're almost ready. The doctor only needs to be there essentially to catch the baby or to give you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or to give you like an episiotomy if you end up needing one, which you usually don't need one. Okay. What other questions do I have to freak me out? <laughs> no, Just we're not kidding. freaking out. Just kidding. Okay, but is this freaking you out? No. It's making me feel, It's. I think it's making it feel real for something that's not real yet because I'm not pregnant. Gotcha. And so I'm like, what? Okay. And also... I'm I'm like, this is day one of school, essentially. So I'm just like, oh my God, there's so much that I don't know yet. But I have but more than learn. nine months because I'm not pregnant. Yeah, you're yeah. going to learn. 
I just like to be the best right away, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, everybody does. <laughs> I forgot we were being filmed and I totally just burped off the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I burped into the microphone, but made it silent. <laughs> wow, um, we're so real. <laughs> we're really classy. <laughs> Down to earth. That was actually really helpful. I oh, love great. the play-by-play. Awesome. And now the next thing that I need a play-by-play is how it differs from a birthing center. Yeah. Okay. Do we cover everything? I mean, we covered like a whole. I'm sure difference. I missed stuff that's in the course that we didn't talk about here, but that was a pretty good gist, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was our hospital play-by-play. Next up, <laughs> I would like to do a play-by-play of home birth. Oh, something that I am. How about like birthing center, home birth? Like we'll like figure out all those options too. Yeah. And I I do think that there's like, there's things that I don't know what the benefits is. Like, why do I want to be in a puddle of water? Like what's the, what's a water birth? Like great, great, great. We'll talk about all that good stuff next episode. See you then. See you next Wednesday. Love you. Bye. Bye. (laughs)